Kyler Murray's contract clause from a national perspective. Mina Kimes joins the show, Locked on Cardinals. Here we go. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Um, We've done a lot of this over the last week, but I want somebody else to tell you who has the more egg on their faces. Uh, You've heard it from me a bunch. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast, Locked on AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. One of the best in the business. Joining me again, like, I didn't, like, in the email, Mina Kimes, I said to you, I was going to reach out a month from now. Okay, I didn't think that this was going to be an emergency where Kyler Murray looks like he doesn't do anything. And then Michael Bidwell looks like he's never run an organization before. When you saw, let's do this. First, when Ian Rappaport tweeted it out, the picture. Impact on your brain with that. And then when Michael Bidwell removed it, what was like the spectrum of your thought process between this mess? From the moment the moment the clause came out, you mean? Yeah. The homework clause. Um. Well, I guess maybe just it's because I'm too enmeshed in sports media or I guess thinking about how these things work from a media perspective. But when it came out, my first thought was, who has anything to gain from this coming out? Like, so normally when contract details or even details and negotiations come out, you kind of read the tea leaves and figure out, okay, the agent wants us out or the team wants us out or the player wants us out or whatever. But this one was weird because... um, you know, comes out after the contract. I can't remember how many days. And I don't think anyone involved wanted it out or should have maybe wanted it out. So I think that was my first reaction is like, this is somebody effed up here because, (laughs) and we can talk about the decision to put it in in the first place, which I think was a mistake. But um, yeah, I I just thought it was kind of an L for everyone involved. Yeah, uh, agreed. And my biggest, my biggest um, sticking point is, if and at Mina Kimes on Twitter, um, NFL all over ESPN. Um, can't you just sit on a couch and shake hands? Like, like it, my biggest thing was if you don't trust Kyler Murray, then trade him. Like, I, I don't, I don't know why it's it's kind of a situation where everybody looks dumb with this with this clause, and obviously they weren't going to trade him. But couldn't yeah. this be a handshake deal? <laughs> yeah, it, yes, you know, and I think with these things, you always kind of have to like. There's so many factors, which is he's not a perfect quarterback, right? I mean, beyond whatever the study habits or reported study habits or whatever, um, this wasn't like a Patrick Mahomes deal. And and I say that as someone who's a huge fan of Patrick Mahomes, pardon me, Kyler Murray's game, who thought they should extend him. I thought this was a, you know, a totally reasonable deal. Um, There's always kind of like pluses and minuses. And clearly this was a minus in their eyes, fairly or not. Um, But putting it to paper, I thought was odd because, um, it just wasn't going, I, I found it so unlikely that it was going to get exercised in any way. You know, we, we were talking about, it's funny, totally different sport. But Zion Williamson has this weight clause mm-hmm. in his contract that came out today. It was kind of funny. It was like a big clause day on PTI. And it was, my reaction was similar, which is, this is not going to get exercised. Like it was tied to guaranteed money as well. So it's like, it's, it, this isn't like a bonus thing, right? Where like, it's like, oh, you hit this parameter or whatever. They're talking about clawing back guaranteed money 
it's not going to happen. So my, my feeling was like, why write this in at all? And I guess they thought, and this is kind of the same actually for Zion, like, okay, well, this is a show of good faith on both sides, which is fine, but it strikes me as incredibly naive that it would be interpreted that way by the outside world. Uh, and that's why, and I, and I said this on part of the eruption, I think the organization deserves the best bulk of the blame here, um, not just for putting it in the first place, but for having, I guess, for failing to anticipate the backlash from including it, because it undermines not only the face of the franchise, but their own authority. And um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I mean, I've been pretty critical of this front office now for a while. I think maybe last time I was on your pod even, but this strikes me as a real blunder in what should have been, you know, a happy week having locked down Murray. For sure. Uh, Mina Kimes at Mina Kimes on Twitter. Um, still, I always give kudos to somebody that has no numbers or anything on their Twitter handle. It's just first name, last name. I mean, you're, you're the one percent. It's a rare name. There's only it, yeah. one other Mina Kimes in the world, I think. So it's have easy. you Googled it? I mean, is, this, um, is there extensive research that's been done? I think a long time ago, maybe when I was like in college, I looked, she was much younger than me at the time. It's like a Swedish teen, now adult, I guess. And I mostly just feel bad for her, honestly, because <laughs> the internet is, prob is probably, you know, a little bit, I, I mean, at least she's Swedish. So that maybe that helps. Hard hitting stuff here, locked on Cardinals. Um, okay. I think Cliff has some of the blame too. Um, let me frame it this way. So Cliff Kingsbury by all accounts, and this is tough because, you know, they've 5 to 8 to 11. Like, I, I get the wins. Um, we've all seen the, the graphic of the second half of every season since he's been a head coach anywhere. He was brought in to mold Kyler Murray. People think it was to mold Josh Rosen, then they shifted. Give me a break. When you have a relationship like that from head coach and quarterback, which is one of one, you'd think, in the NFL where it's like, I brought him in to mold him, two guys that maybe shouldn't be in the position they're in, but Kyler Murray's just excellent in his craft and he's just a little bit more undersized. Shouldn't Cliff get a little brunt of this clause? It even came to this, that Michael Bidwell was like, nope, this has to go in or I'm not giving you 160 mil. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, they do work hand in hand. So if the Cardinals believe that, this is the problem and it's translated into the product on the field, which is something we should talk about, by the way, because that seems to have been lost in all of this. Um, then yeah, it is on him. That is his job as the coach, you know, I mean, um, but I, I guess maybe this is where I'll just get to it right now. Look, I've kind of, I've heard the studying thing before. It's not a huge secret in the NFL. I mean, people in the Cardinals have been getting that out there for a minute. Um, but it doesn't strike me as a massive problem when I watch Kyler Murray play football. Like, what I say is this: obviously, we don't know um, exactly how his film study affects you know everything that happens on the field. But when you watch him, you don't see him getting fooled by disguised coverage that much. You don't see him, um, you know, as someone who you know before the snap seems to lack uh, understanding of the play or how to set protections. He's not again; he's not perfect by any means, but. Um, that doesn't strike me as a glaring issue. So, you know, when, when a quote goes around from like that New York Times article where he talks about, he says kind of humorously now, you know, I don't really need to study film just because of my brain. It looks that way. Um, and so I think, you know, at some point, it really just has to go back onto the field. And if that is something that Cliff really believes is affecting his success as a quarterback, well, then that is partly on him as well, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, because it's there's something that I've been struggling with a lot, and it's 
first of all, like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow ruined the curve for everybody. It's like they just came in and they're like, right. like Josh Allen struggled for a year and a half. And then he had that pop. Years yeah, two yeah. years. I mean, he made Eli Manning look like he didn't turn the ball over his rookie year, you know? And then Kyler Murray comes in and you're automatically compared to Lamar Jackson because they're both running quarterbacks, which is ridiculous. But like that, that they're tied together. It wasn't Russell Wilson because he's already won a Super Bowl. Like that's what you think Kyler could get to. And that's kind of dissipated as well. Should the curve just be shorter now for expectation? Or is this, I just say, this is the natural, natural growth of a quarterback. It could take a rookie scale contract period of time for him to realize his potential. I just think curves have to be considered with context. Um, Josh Allen's curve directly echoes his surroundings as they brought in more talent and as the roster improved. Um, you know, Joe Burrow is an interesting case because the offensive line was so bad, but he had one of the best group of skill players in the league. So I think that kind of made it a little bit messier of a picture there. Lamar Jackson's curve was, I would say, similar to Josh Allen's also to some degree echoed his surroundings. And last year he really struggled in part because his entire football team was hurt and he was playing behind, you know, paper towels or whatever. Right. Um, with Kyler Murray, Kyler, Kyler Murray, pardon me, last season, obviously the loss of DeAndre Hopkins and I think the failures of Cliff Kingsbury to make adjustments, certain adjustments in response to that has to be considered when you look at his struggles down the stretch. It's not the whole picture. Somebody is certainly responsible for himself. Um, but I think when we talk about quarterbacks and, you know, how long are we going to give them and what is an appropriate curve? It, it really is situation specific. I mean, again, look at Chicago. Justin Fields oh, yeah. is in hell this year, yeah. you know, but are people going to consider that when they say, well, he's bad for two years? Probably not. He was in hell last year too. Oh. By the way, it's just very unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a constant struggle. I mean, the polarization of fan base front office who've been Cardinals fans forever and Kyler Murray coming in as the antithesis of the Arizona Cardinals getting drafted. I mean, he's this guy that has emerged as a potential like, I mean, this is dumb, but saving grace of the worst franchise by the numbers in the history of football. Most losses, third worst uh, win-loss percentage. So you, you say maybe just longevity for the losses, that's fine. They're like 0.421 win percentage. So you bring a guy in, it's oil and water at times with the fan base. But let me ask you this. Let's look towards, and I'll get you out of here on this. 2022, two-prong question. One, how long is the butt of this damn joke going to be circulating with everything that's happened over the last 96 hours or so? And two, are we looking at potentially the best Kyler Murray year yet just to say, you know what, this is why mm. I'm here. I hate that he's the butt of a joke. And I and I felt bad too because I made a joke when it came out just to make this about me for a second. Yeah. Because whoever runs Arizona Cardinals – Twitter account kept chirping at me and <laughs> literally chirping little bird. And I uh, swatted down and someone mean to go after Murray. And I felt bad because, you know, everybody was kind of taking their cheap shots. I mean, the, the reality is like most people's opinions are just, just follow performance. So that's really going to determine it. Unfortunately for Kyler Murray, he does not have Deandre Hopkins, uh, you know, for those first six games. And I think um, that's a shame because, you know, they're more likely to struggle as a result. I think that's a pretty obvious opinion. And if they struggle, the film jokes will come up, the homework jokes come up, all this stuff will come up. And then, you know, whereas if, if he was playing, I, and it's funny because as I, I, I'm a little bit up and down on this roster, and I think there's definitely some problems. But once 
Hopkins is on the field, the combination of him and Hollywood Brown, I think is fabulous. Uh, you know, and if it was flipped, I think um, the jokes, mean, um, although I said this on my podcast, Galaxy Brain Take, now they're going to be better in the second half of the season because <laughs> they get DeAndre Hopkins back. By default? <laughs> You're going to default me at the end of the podcast? Listen, would... Cliff's like, just like, okay, all right, good. It's going to turn it around now. Um, yeah, no, I, like I said, it just comes down to performance, I think. Mina Kimes, NFL, all over ESPN. Uh, you know, the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, little plug, Galaxy Brain, that's a new one. Um, I will quote you anytime I use it. I promise you for that. Uh, thanks so much for joining me again. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I'm really hoping for big things from Trey McBride, McBride because I got him on my dynasty team. So, you know, hit, hit us with that 12 personnel, Cliff. We're ready. Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, they have all of the offensive players in the NFL now. So there's zero excuses. Yeah, Trey McBride's going to be a baller. I mean, I like what is him. he, a George Kittle part two? He's Light. really, yeah, quite a chess piece, yeah. I mean, he yeah. shouldn't be an Arizona Cardinal. Like, let, like he shouldn't be. But the fact that he is, like, this is, I mean, like, yeah. And I know that I'm supposed to leave, right? Can they put up a 30-burger game with this offense? I think so. With Nuke on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I, but a lot of that is depends on Cliff Kingsbury, you know? And he's the one who should be it is probably actually well i don't know on the hot seat i know they did the extension but um yeah i don't know but he's got to figure it out he has the pieces definition of insanity of insanity that's what i say the arizona cardinals at times i mean who knows what the hell's going to happen after this last week and that's why it's fun that's why i'm one of the luckiest hosts on the locked on podcast network one of the happiest guys to be doing radio for 12 years here in phoenix because you never know it's the potpourri jeopardy category. You have you have no idea what's going to happen with the Arizona Cardinals. No idea. Well, I'm looking forward to watching. All right. Thanks, Mina. Yeah. Bye. Great stuff, as always, from Mina Kimes. Uh, check her out at Mina Kimes on Twitter. Um, one of the best out there. Coming up next, the defense, the stars, spotlighted, locked on Cardinals. First, betonline.net. BetOnline is your fastest and easiest way to get all the betting info that you need, okay? Find all your favorite sports and events and the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find, find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, eSports, golf, combat sports, whatever you need, BetOnline.net's got you covered. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online, where the game starts. Second segment, Locked On Cardinals. Uh, thanks again to the great Mita Kimes for joining me. Talking Cardinals, talking Kyler Murray, talking, talking clauses, talking everything. And, I mean, great insight as always. So, there are players on this roster that I don't talk about a lot. Players on this roster who I don't talk about a lot. And I tease in the first segment, we're going to highlight them. This segment's going to be defense, and the final segment's going to be offense. What makes them great? What makes them so important to the Arizona Cardinals roster? And I'm going to highlight two guys, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. I know that I talk about them. I allude to them uh, as kind of stopgaps helpers like what Rodney Hudson is for the guard position on the offensive line these guys are absolute ballers maulers they're great in the open field Buda Baker is great around the line of scrimmage they've got good hands and 
the thing is, with how important these two gentlemen are to the defense, it's them. They are the leaders of this defense. And Jalen Thompson isn't as householdy of a name as Buda Baker, who isn't as householdy of a name as he should be, even though, you know, Pro Bowl, big contract. He's not, he doesn't get the credit he deserves from the national media. And I think that's very unfair. That's not a homer take for me. I just watch him play and he should be getting a lot more media attention than he does. Okay. So the issue is the Cardinals are so top heavy on defense with, with sure things set and forget guys, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. I guess you could put Marcus gold in there as well, because all he's done since being traded back from the giants is perform. That's all he's done. There's going to be a lot more pressure on him to do it again. And at his advanced age, uh, replicating what happened last year may be a little bit difficult, but you're going to need him to perform if you want this defense to stay afloat. J.J. Watt goes without saying, but he's not 26-year-old J.J. Watt anymore, and that's fine. He's got a different skill set. He's still good against the run. Opposing offenses still need to account for him, but Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, you don't know week in and week out. You, you don't know for sure, set and forget, these guys will be the reason why you stay in games defensively. You don't know. And they're going to be playing a murderer's row of wide receiver ones this year. I mean, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, and then Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. First three weeks. Not to mention Darren Waller in, 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 in Vegas. Okay? But what Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson do is they keep this defense in games even when they're outmatched. What Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson do is yield a sort of confidence where it's like, you know what? At least the last line of defense is one of the better tandems in the NFL. So you can fall back on that. And I think that's what Steve Keim, I mean, what what little moves they've made on defense, I think just shows, hey, you know what? They trust Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson to perform. They trust Marcus Golden to replicate last year. They trust that Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons will take that big step forward. But the reason why I'm framing this podcast the way that I am today is praise needs to be given to Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. Big hitters. You know, they've got, they've got calm heads on their shoulder, even though Jalen Thompson is an absolute mauler. Buda Baker is great as a Swiss Army knife. He's more of a Swiss Army knife than, than uh, Isaiah Simmons is at this point. When Buda Baker popped, he hasn't regressed. And that's the sign of a star slash superstar in this league. So with those two guys over the top and at the line of scrimmage at times, Jalen Thompson, again, great with open field tackling. In this scheme, Vance Joseph knows how to utilize them as weapons. He knows. Because for those that don't remember, and, you know, it, this is kind of, it's not really a well-known, like, I don't know. I, I know Vance Joseph when he was with Miami, DBs were his specialty. So he comes here, he sees Buda Baker, and Jalen Thomas is like, oh yeah, we're cooking with, gas, cooking with gas with these guys. And going into the 2022 season with so many question marks on the defensive side of the ball, at least you know that Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson have this defense's back. And that is something that 
a lot of teams from the safety duos don't have. And that is something that needs to be appreciated. And I did six minutes to show my appreciation. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Coming up next, the offense. Kyler aside, I'm going to highlight some studs that don't really get talked about because they're set and forget guys. I'm going to hit those next. Locked On Cardinals first. Dave. Okay? Dave, 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 Dave. If you're in a bind and you need a little cheese, you need a little cash, quickly, Dave's got you covered. If you've got a wedding present that you have to buy, but you have bills to pay also, Dave's got you covered. You can get up to 500 bucks instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, you know, pay bills, do whatever you need to do, have a little wiggle room. You can finally take those expenses that you have, get a little help, get a little, just a little float to be able to make your life a little bit easier. And there's no interest or credit check needed, which is fantastic. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need extra cash, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra cash account and uh, get up to 500 bucks instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member, FDIC. All right, final segment, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Mina Kimes joined me in the first segment talking Kyler Marie Claus, Michael Bidwell, Steve Keim, etc. Uh, highlighted Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson in the second segment. The stars don't get enough pub um, because it's just like a foregone conclusion that they're going to ball out. And it's more the questions and the storyline surrounding who may ball out, who may take the next step, who may regress, things like that. But the pillars don't get talked about as much as they should, and that's what I'm doing for these final two segments. Um, the offensive stars that need to just get praise. Just praise. It's been a weird offseason, man. You know, the draft was weird. The free agency's weird. The contract was weird for Kyler. The clause, and then the removal of the clause. It's just been weird. Rodney Hudson, like, it's been weird. There are three players, I guess four, five, that really just need praise. Uh, I'm going to remove Kyler because I, you know, whatever. I, I could do that um, any, in any podcast. And we've been talking a lot about him, even more than talking about a quarterback should, you know. But there are players, and I'm going to list them. DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green, go with me here, Rodney Hudson, and James Conner. Go with me here. It's not exactly going to be what you think. Okay? These are stars. We don't know if Hollywood Brown's going to be a Pro Bowl star with the Cardinals yet. We'd like to think so. And the tea leaves are pointing that way if you read them. But we haven't seen it yet, so I'm not grouping him in yet. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, when healthy, is a top three wide receiver in the league. He's not flashy. He's not fast. But what he does, he catches everything that gets thrown to him. He gets to his spot when he wants. And it doesn't matter how many people are defending him. The dude gets his. He has, He. I mean, he's just in perpetuity. In my, he was my favorite wide receiver when he was with Houston. And then he gets traded to the Cardinals. Like, oh, sweet. Pretty sweet. Um, Okay, DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute stud. When he comes back after week six, he's going to come out with something to prove also because remember, his contract has an out after this season because the cap number goes up. We don't know if he's going to retire an Arizona Cardinal. He's 30, okay? 
with how receivers are playing, with how he plays, especially if he stays healthy, he's he's never relied on his speed to win ever. He hasn't. So that means he could play a more Larry Fitzgerald like career if he can stay healthy. I'm not comparing the two, but I'm saying Larry Fitzgerald played until he was old compared to when players normally retire from the wide receiver position. DeAndre Hopkins, absolute stud. Great that he's wearing number 10 for the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a perennial fringe pro bowler who just produces when he's healthy. I think it was scheme from Doug Peterson. I think it was preference by Carson Wentz where they shifted toward Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard in the red zone and just used Zach Ertz between the 20s when Dallas Goddard started to emerge. Zach Ertz came in last season, midway through the season, and just fit in. He just fit in because he's playing kind of a role, which is what Larry Fitzgerald kind of played after the massive year when Bruce Arians moved him into the slot and it you know rejuvenated his whole career. But Zach Ertz is going to emerge, in my opinion, as Kyler Murray's favorite safety blanket. And that's not all he can do, which is fantastic. We saw the catch across the middle, take it to the house, 40-plus yard, um, 40-plus yard touchdown. I mean, the dude's got gas still. He's not 100. He's 6'4", which you can't teach. And he's going to be a great big red zone threat. Zach Ertz, star, not talked about enough. A.J. Green, this is to a lesser extent. A.J. Green is a pro, is a Hall of Famer, okay? A.J. Green was buried in, in Cincinnati. He got all the targets. He caught all the balls. And he had Andy Dalton, regardless of how you feel about Andy Dalton, win above replacement, Andy Dalton was a good quarterback and had a very solid career. They didn't win a whole bunch, but they made the playoffs a bunch. And A.J. Green was the number one target for him in perpetuity. And A.J. Green now, even though he's going to be 34, or 34 when the season starts. He's 6'4". You can't teach that. He catches almost everything. He was Kyler Murray's security blanket last year. Third and third and forever, there were, a, there were a handful of conversions where Kyler Murray just threw the ball up and A.J. Green went and got it. He relied on his speed somewhat when he was younger, but I'll tell you what. A.J. Green could still have a massive impact for his role on the Arizona Cardinals offense next season. Because it's going to be all hands on deck, baby. They're going to have to score a 30-burger a game. Or you'd think that that's how it's sculpted at this point for the offense to perform in 2022 with all the pieces that they've made through the free, through free agency in the draft. And then James Conner. James Conner is a star, but for a different reason. James Conner, in my opinion, will not replicate what he did last year. It wasn't an anomaly, but he was put in situations that showed his strength. He has a nose for the end zone. Not everybody has a nose for the end zone. He does. Kenyon Drake, he didn't. James Conner, if he can stay healthy, and if the Cardinals can use him for 65% of the touches and not upwards of 80, which is what they did when they rode his coattails after Kyle, after DeAndre Hopkins got hurt last year, you don't want him to be the focal point of the offense. But the where the star comes in, now defenses have to account for him. Like, because, I mean, he had a great year when nobody knew who he was after Le'Veon Bell left, okay? And then he got hurt, and then Jalen Samuels came in, and then Jalen Samuels was a guy that's like, whoa, you can play him at tight end and running back in fantasy? This guy's going to win me a championship. And then James Conner hasn't really been heard from. He came in last year, and he was gangbusters. So 
what they're going to have to do is have more eight-man boxes, especially and also around the goal line. It opens up Pandora's box of play calling possibilities for Steve for uh, Cliff Kingsbury because it's going to be James Conner up the gut touchdown. James Conner up the gut touchdown. James Conner up the gut play action. Kyler Murray dancing into the end zone from the far pylon by himself, and it's going to be play action. Six foot four Zach Ertz, six foot four AJ Green, Trey McBride on the field, DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown. They've got weapons abound, and James Conner is going to be the catalyst to keep the defense honest, especially close to the end zone. So these last two segments were very important because we need to give praise to the people that make it easy for the Cardinals to score points and for the Cardinals to stop opposing teams from scoring points. Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green, James Conner, and don't forget Rodney Hudson, who is the second most important player on the Arizona Cardinals roster. And I truly believe that. Him coming back is massive. Has massive repercussions for the win-loss record for the Arizona Cardinals in 2022. Cannot be understated. All-pro center, hiking the ball to Kyler Murray. Would, would have left a massive gap if he ended up retiring. Alex Lanty, Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. We'll talk to you Tuesday.